Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy there, Lord, as we always do. But we just want to acknowledge your mercy because it's so good to know that we can be heard, that nobody, you don't ever turn us away, that as long, all, as long as we approach you in righteousness, that is wearing your son's garment. And we thank you for that, Father, that we always have access. Thank you for the shed blood that gives us access to your throne. And we honor you for that. And we love you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. So uh, we started last week talking about uh, having faith in your prayers and knowing that the things that you have, the petitions that you have put before God will definitely come to pass. And uh, I think more and more we need to have confidence that way because there's so many people that give up on prayer. You know, <clears throat> they give up on God. Uh, they give up on prayer. They give up on coming to church. They give up on so many things that, you know, would require a commitment for, for you to be able to, uh, to get the benefit. You know, God isn't stupid. He knows if he gave you everything you asked for right away, you'd be right back out in the streets again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's, he's a wise God. And what we have is an inheritance. That means we have enough to last for a lifetime. And, but that doesn't mean we're supposed to get it all right away and squander it. And, and that, that pertains to many things. You know, I used to feel that, you know, if you couldn't get them healed in three days, something was wrong with your faith. And then I started having lingering symptoms, you know. And, uh, you know, it's nice to feel that way and, and it got, it works for a lot of people. Uh, but, but, you know, it's, it's also true that, that it may not work. And so you've got to understand that it might take some time for some things, you know, and, and what do you care anyway? Where are you going? You got another God you're going to serve? You understand what I'm saying? We just, you know, we have that about us sometimes. It, it doesn't make sense. Why are you in such a hurry for everything? It doesn't really make sense, but then we got to get in a hurry. You know, you just let the enemy push you, I think, and, and all of that. And, and, and God wants us to have a, a peace about us on a regular basis, just every day live in his peace and, and begin to make that transfer where things aren't the most important thing to us. It's the inner presence of God. It's the inner workings of the Holy Spirit. It's the the joy that he delivers to us, the contentment that we can live in where we we have that place where we don't really focus on problems that that you know, you just know that things are going to work out. You know he's going to come to your rescue. Uh he wants us to always live in that knowing and that's called faith. Amen. It's what living by faith is all about. It's living in a knowing that God is there for you, for you, and He has heard your cry, He's heard your prayer, and your answer is on the way. Amen. And and we can live in that that place of knowing that we have what we ask for. Amen. The Bible says that. And so uh, turn to James chapter five. We'll go back there again and start where we started last week. This is our scripture. It talks about uh, the the fervent, effectual, and fervent prayer. So we'll we'll talk about some of those attributes of prayer because there are many times we 
Uh, we assume we've prayed for something. We assume that God heard us. We assume a lot of things. But if you go back and, and look at, at what the word says about uh, prayer, what kind of prayer gets answered, amen, uh, what kind of prayer God likes, how to touch God with your prayer, uh, those things are important to know. Uh, you know, it, it's good because there are times when we question whether or not God heard us or whether or not he wants us to have certain things or maybe I need to change the way I pray or pray more frequently or get more in the word or, you know, those kinds of things. So we, we need to always understand uh, how, what causes your prayer to be heard. And he says uh, in verse 14, it, um, let me see, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing uh, him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Boy, that's a mouthful. That's a beautiful package right there. Amen. And then he says this. He says, confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another. That you may be healed. Why? The effectual and fervent prayer of the righteous avail much or availeth much. One translation says, uh, it, uh, the, those prayers, righteous prayers have great and, and, uh, uh, great, uh, fruit or it bears much fruit or it, it, uh, it's, uh, oh yeah, the, it says, those prayers are dynamic. That that word dynamic means full of power, full of life. Those effectual fervent prayers are full of life and they have tremendous power. That's the way the Amplified translates that. And I think that's wonderful because if you ever get to doubting, you know, it's so easy to doubt. Just sit up one day and let your mind start wandering. And it'll start nitpicking your life. You ever do that to yourself? Just sitting, I wonder why this. I wonder when is this going to happen? And you know, you just take one of those negative inventories. And then you get mad at yourself because you went down that street again where you were doing fine. Uh, in, in the land of peace. Amen. <laughs> so you took a wrong turn and got off down, down crazy street again. And so, but he says, your prayers are full of Power, they're dynamic and have tremendous power. Amen? Tremendous power. And it goes on to say here, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words, he was a human being. He had weaknesses. He had frailties. So what the the writer here is letting you know is it doesn't matter what your faults and your failures. That's, that, that means nothing. And I think that's a wonderful promise. God, you mean to tell me that, that this is a nothing burger? That I'm <laughs> running around here carrying everywhere and wondering if this is the reason why? You know? Well, when you look at what he, he, how he tells you to set up your life, he's already told you confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. Amen. 
And really, sometimes all that entails is is you going to your prayer partner. You say, you know, I got some bad news today, and I'm just really angry about it. And I, I just want to confess that, move that out of the way, so we can get on with the business of prayer. You, you understand what I'm, it's that simple? It's calling out the things that would would hinder your prayers. And I think everybody should do that because that's a help to you. You don't want anything out there lingering uh, that would interfere with your faith. See, the thing about confessing faults and weaknesses, this, this is the whole issue. Everything that's not, not like God that's in your heart is, is subject to hinder your faith. See, it's a faith hindrance. It's nobody's putting you on the line. Nobody's examining. Nobody's accusing you. It, it's not to shame you. Uh, it's not to embarrass you. Uh, none of that is true. These are things that if they're left where they are, say, for instance, there is anger in your heart. And, and the Bible says if you regard iniquity there, God won't hear you. So it, it chops off your faith. It just keeps diminishing your faith. You know, pretty soon you, you start to pray and you don't think your prayer went anywhere. And it's probably because it didn't. You know, it got hung, uh, hung up in these uh, uh, emotional uh, feelings and unforgiving feelings. And, you know, you'll either confess it and renounce it and get rid of it or you'll nurse it. And try to hold on to it. Those are your two options. It's not like there's something wrong and you don't know where it is, what it is, and yada yada. You know, you, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He can show you everything that you need to know. And He'll say, you know, get rid of this because this is something that I can't honor. I can't use this. When you, when you feel this way toward people, that's not love. And when you can't let go of a wrong done to you, that's not love. And your faith works best by love. You know, you don't want to keep just getting the scraps off the the father's table because you don't want to comply with his word. You don't want to. It's like, you know, some kids want to come to the dinner table and not wash their hands. You know, any household you live in, parents always make kids wash their hands. Why? Because kids' hands are always dirty. You're outside playing or you got that nasty little cell phone or whatever it is that, that you're busy with. You, you know, kids pick their nose, pick their ears, you know, all kind of crazy stuff. So it's good to wash them hands before you come to the dinner table. Amen? And then some people do the kind of work where their hands are very dirty. And they want to make sure they have clean hands before they come to dine at the dinner table with everybody. Well, that's all God wants us to do. Make sure we got clean hands to lift up before him when we come into his presence. You want to honor and worship him. You don't want to come in there with dirty hands. And it's so easy to clean up. You know what I'm saying? Just confess, oh God, I see that. You know, God, I'm still bad about that. I, I thought I was over that, Lord, and here I am. You know, that kind of have a, have a little chat with dad. Have a little conversation with him. Let him, uh, help you out and let him show you. He said, no, that's going to hinder your prayers now. You don't want to do that. You know, the Bible's real clear about some things that'll hinder, and especially in family relationships. You know, you ever go through the book of Ephesians, say for instance, you know, some of the really good books that have to do with laying out the rules for, for 
Christian conduct and behavior, family behavior. You know, it, 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 it tells husbands don't be bitter against your wife because your prayers will be hindered. I mean, what can be more explicit? It's like, duh. You, you gotta love her. You gotta honor her. You've got to, to, you know, speak the word over her. Bless her. You know, you can't do that. And women, you gotta respect your husbands. You can't go around undermining their authority. You can't go around, you know, uh, uh, telling people all the negative things about them. All that kind of stuff. You, you've gotta stop cease doing that. And once, and see, to do to, to do that means that you're not demonstrating love to that person. You know, love respects, love honors, doesn't boast and brag. It's not trying to get its own way all the time. Love isn't, isn't selfish and cruel. It's, it's none of those things. And your faith works by love. That's the only way your faith gets turned on overdrive, by love. And so that means walking in love toward everybody. You know, this, you know, in families, and I think this is one of the reasons why it's so, so, um, spelled out in the word, families is real easy to walk out of love with, with people and not even know it. You know, sometimes you get in, get habitual attitudes about, uh, certain loved ones. You know, you, every family has a, uh, somebody in it that cuts up all the time. And you don't expect much out of them. You know, you, you, I'm praying for them to be saved, but you don't really expect them to come in. You know what I'm saying? You keep this mindset of their faults, their negative things, or when you think about them, the negative comes up, you know. And, and sometimes you need to work on yourself and say, Lord, I bless my cousin. I bless my nephew. I bless them, Lord. I, I'm, I'm thanking you that, that, that they are, are uh, made in your image and you have a good plan for their life and, and they will come to you. They will come to you and, and worship you and, and put down their wicked ways. They'll repent and turn back to you and come to you. And, and this is where we need to discipline ourselves and challenge ourselves uh, to walk in love toward everybody and believe the best. The Bible says love believes the best of everybody. I don't care what you see. Your eyes are playing tricks on you. Amen. And see, we want, see, this is where you, where you hurt yourself. You want your faith to work on your your symptoms when you still got symptoms and you're you're battling and standing on your healing by his stripes I'm healed and then you have a pain by your stripes his stripes I'm healed and you have another pain. You want that same faith to work for you and things you need, but you're not willing to overlook things that you see in the natural on other people. So if you're so focused on what you see in the natural, eventually it will hurt your situation too. We think we're being smart. And yeah, well, so-and-so, you know how they are. Well, you don't know how they are. You have no clue how this person is. Amen? Because you don't know people's hearts. And, And this is the thing. In fact, we hardly know our own. Sometimes you'll get upset and say something or think something. You say, whoa, Lord, I thought I was over feeling like that. I haven't felt like that in a long time. And so we, we need to, to understand that God has a way for us to, to, uh, bypass all of that. See, a lot of stuff we're not totally delivered from. 
we're delivered enough to function and function as righteous people. You know, you don't, see, you don't have to let it dominate your life. You move it over to the passenger seat and say, now, angry person, I, I'm keeping my eye on you because I know you still here and you want to run things. But you're not running things. I'm walking in love today. I'm walking in righteousness today. I'm walking in peace today. And I'm going to reach out to people that I've even not had fellowship with in a long time. You know, you understand what I'm saying? These things are are needed and necessary because God wants to use us. He really does. And he uses righteous people. And, and, you know, it's not like once righteous, always righteous. Come on now. We, we have too many angry, uh, uh, thoughts. We have, we're exposed to too much nonsense. You know, you look on the media, you can't, you can't go on, on TV and watch for constantly for hours. You know, it used to be your television was your entertainment. To a degree, you know, I can remember when I was a kid, the television was on all day long and you went from one soap opera to the the family entertainment started. The news was at six. Family entertainment was after that. And the family could sit there and watch that stupid television all day long. You know, now you can't trust it. So you can't sit up and just watch a constant feed of something because you'll start to, to, to see that, that there's a message that's being communicated now. If you don't think that's being done, you better wise up because our military, our, um, intelligence agencies have studied these things for decades now. They've studied the effect of television watching and how to keep people's attention and how to and what things you can say and how you can say them to influence people and change their minds about things in very subtle ways and so they they've mastered the art of brainwashing propaganda they're not supposed to but how are you going to trust people that have access to your mind all day long see and it used to be that, that, you know, they went by ratings. Nowadays, there are shows on there that ratings have been poor for decades. And they still stay on television. You, you understand what I'm saying? And and many times it's our government money that's keeping these shows on. Why? Because there's a constant flow of a message that somebody wants to get out there to everybody. And you can't break away from it. And so that's why as believers, we have to be, we have to learn what, how to learn how to unplug. You know, learn how to get away from certain influences and stay in your word, renew your mind, fast. You know, when fasting, when you're fasting, you don't watch anything entertaining. You get on the in that word and get in so, cause there's some messages, boy, we could, we could benefit greatly uh from from many many uh teachings and messages and you can see how god has things programmed for us so that we have an outlet even with the the devices that we use that we might use to waste time with with foolish things we can now turn our attention to wholesome things you know things that are are there for our benefit you know um some of the audio books i was listening to some of the teachings i've i've found some charles finney you know not them not their voices 
But some of their sermons, people collected their sermons. Thank God for that. There's people who are smart enough to keep valuable material, not just for, for, you know, the secular world, but for the church world too. And so you can go on there and people are reading some of the great sermons from some of now a lot of this revelation is you know kind of basic stuff but it's just wonderful to hear it you know it's nice to have that foundation laid and you think to yourself boy this these people were were jotting tittle people with that word they didn't mess around with you know uh, trying to be up to date and modern and all that guy. They just stuck with the Bible, you know, and, and had great results. Some of the healing ministers, you know, I've been able to, to capture some of their, their works and their teachings and, and it helps to keep my faith. It helps to keep your mind washed of the everyday stuff, you know. You gotta know what's going on in the world, but you don't have to be brainwashed by it. You don't have to be entrenched in it and and so given over to it that you start losing your faith. You start losing faith in, in God and faith in, in what he's doing in the earth. And so it's it's a battle, folks. It's a fight to stay keep your faith strong. But but in in your prayers understand that if you can can set up a consistent method of prayer, a consistent approach to the throne. Uh, and this, I think, is an excellent one because he even talks about how, how normal some of the great prayers, prayers, people that prayed in the Bible were. They were very normal people. And Elijah was one of them. But it says he prayed earnestly that it would would not rain and it didn't rain for three years. And then he prayed earnestly again that it would rain. Think about the times he was tempted to pray it would rain before the three year period was up. Because God never told him how long the drought would take place. Amen. So he had to live by faith. He had to live like every day. Well, it's not going to rain today, I guess. And, you know, or it could happen at any time or I haven't prayed yet. So God When am I going to be able to pray that prayer? You know, it's hot out here. We don't have food. We don't have this. We don't have that, you know. And uh, But God took care. He sustained the prophet. Now, people who are righteous are going to get theirs. We'll be taken care of all the time. But he's trying to tell us how to live in righteousness, how to have confidence in your prayers, how to know that your prayers will be answered. Amen. How to know that what you're, you're saying will come to pass. How to know that your faith is working. And this is how you do it. And so, uh, in, in the prayer of faith, this is, this is how it operates. Your faith works by love. Your faith works when you confess your faults one for another, to another, and pray one for another. That you can be healed. So it says here, there's, there's, you've got a couple of ways here to be healed. You can pray and, and get rid of things that hinder you. I can remember, um, when I was a younger Christian, I, I had, uh, trouble liking I, my mother-in-law. Um, she just was a, a hard woman for me to, to like, you know, and be around. She drank so much. And uh, she just would drink all day long. And uh, she was always looking for somebody to go and buy 
you know, something, beer for her to drink and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and it was an irritation to me. And I just was thinking one day about it and it seemed like every time I had to go over to her house, my back would start to hurt. And, and so the Lord would, would tell me, he said, you know, and I would say, Lord, my back is hurting. I'm, you know, and I would pray and ask God to heal me and it would, you know, it would ease up for a minute or I command the pain to leave and it would ease up for a minute. And the Lord showed me, he said, as long as you're holding in unforgiveness toward anybody, you're going to be subject to the devil's works. Amen. And so I learned how to walk in love toward her. Just to forget, whenever I would have a, a bad thought to her, oh boy, gotta go over there, you know, dread, that's, that's our signs of unforgiveness, folks. You know, you, when you forgive people, uh, it's like they haven't done anything wrong. You know, you don't want God to say that about you when He sees you coming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You wanna be welcome. And everybody wants to be welcome and wants to be loved. We all got faults. Amen. We all have faults. Nobody's faults are worse than anybody else's. They're all rotten. Amen. They're all no good. And so I had to learn to walk in love even toward people. You know, and the devil will tell you you're justified. Well, you know, look at that. She always gives you a hard time and she's always saying something, you know, that's not smart or not, you know, nice to you or whatever. And you get braced for having a hard time with somebody. Amen. And the Lord just showed me. He said, you, you can overcome evil with good. And he showed me, he said, the devil's just using her. He says, she's weak. She just, she hasn't had a good life. And she's, you know, alcoholism ran in that family. I don't know how many, she had about nine brothers and sisters and maybe five or six of them died of cirrhosis and alcohol related problems. It's just a family of drinkers, you know, and, um, it wasn't, it wasn't easy for them. And so the Lord just showed me one day, he said, just walk in constant forgiveness toward her. He said, when you know you got to go visit her, you know, just say, well, Lord, I forgive her again. Take this tension out of my, you know, help me to relax and help me. And you can get the peace of God, even if it lasts for a little bit. He'll give you his peace as long as you're obedient. And in mostly I was nursing bad memories. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's not right either. You hurt yourself with that stuff. So, so let the bad memories go. Well, quit feeling sorry for yourself that somebody did something you didn't like. Knowing who made you the judge of everybody's behavior. And so we have to put away all that carnality and all that small mindedness. If you're going to work for God, you've got to be a, a generous hearted person. You've got to be generous with your forgiveness. You've got to be generous with your love. You've got to be generous with the fruit of the Spirit and reaching out to people in the right way. And so these are the things that, that God will, will teach us and will help us to understand. And, and the other thing is too, uh, it helps when you have to pray for people. Uh, because I was praying for her salvation, you know, and disliking her at the same time. Well, that's going to go over real big in the throne room. You understand what I'm saying? But see, we, when, when, when we start to think about and talk about those things, they seem absurd to us. But then when you look at what you actually do, you think, you know what, I do do that. 
You know, I mean, I can't live like that. That doesn't make sense. How do you, do you really want somebody to go to heaven and you just like them? You, you got me? And you can't forgive them? You can't let go of, of faults that they have? Um, that doesn't add up. And so you want to get to the place where, where things add up. And, and so I was able to walk in love toward my, my mother-in-law and, and she was saved. We, you know, God assured me of her salvation. You understand what I'm saying? So, and he won't share stuff with you like that if you're way on the other side. If you don't care about somebody or you dislike them, he's not going to share the rich things with you. You got me? And I was thankful because I was able to get peace. I really wanted to see her saved. You understand? But I didn't know how to love her. That's a common issue, folks. We can be taught how to love. We really do. And, and this is important for your prayer life. You, you want to have a pure heart toward everybody and everything you pray about. You don't want to have animosity. You don't want prayers to be hindered. You don't, you know, for, not just for your sake, but for the sake of people that, that you're praying for. You know, you want to be a trustworthy intercessor. Want to be somebody God can say, you know, you need to pray for this person because they need such and such. You want to be the one he can call on when he needs somebody to, to, to represent the kingdom. You know, uh, you represent well when you learn how to walk in love and learn how to forgive and learn how to, to turn that, that, uh, light on yourself, you know. <laughs> confessing your faults and finding out what your faults are, you know, and, and just allowing God to point those things out to you. And, and they're not hard to, to dismiss and get out of your, your heart. You know, it's real easy to confess, Lord, I see that. Oh, that ain't good. You know, I, I shouldn't be feeling like this, Lord. What's, what's up here? Well, Lord, I'm sorry. Let me get rid of that. You know, like you do a trusted friend. You know, you can talk to God like that. Cause He is a trusted friend. And you gotta, you know, somebody, a confidant, somebody that you know has your best interest at heart. You're not saying anything they're gonna use against you to hurt you. You got me? And, and you can do that with other humans. You know, with, with a prayer partner. People in this ministry don't gossip. We, we know better. We trained ourselves. Your, your problems aren't that interesting to us to go put them on blast. Cause we know for a fact that it's just as we put yours out there, we gonna be the next victim. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want everybody knowing your, your little dirty laundry. That you don't want them in your clothes hamper. Amen. So you want them in the clean clothes drawer. And so, uh, it's just a good thing. But all of this is, is a blessing and a plus for us. Uh, this is how your prayers, this is how you have faith in your prayers. And, and James starts out by examining, you examine your life. How do you feel? Are you, are you have symptoms in your body? Is there any, well we got a remedy for that. And I like it because he puts us first. You ever, you notice that in this assignment? See, a lot of times intercessors somehow get the impression that their needs aren't that important. You know, I mean, the, the devil play all kind of games with your head. 
I remember when I was a new Christian, I would hear uh, people who would pray and say, well, you know, it's not easy to be an intercessor. And I think, well, what, what's hard about it? And I didn't want to, I didn't want that work, you know, just because of what I heard. And then I began to pray and I said, well, this is, is this all there is to it? You understand what I'm saying? And I was in prayer meetings where, um, uh, we had, we had good answers to prayer. God did miraculous things. Um, and that was one of the things that taught me the importance of prayer. It, it was a Bible study, but also we took prayer requests and you should always Invite people to pray. I don't care what kind of meeting you have or how important you think it is to do this, this, and this program. People should never be, the door to prayer and intercession should never be shut to God's people. They should always have the freedom. You know, at at the end, you have an altar call. Anybody need prayer, come on up. We do that on Sundays. Saturdays, you're praying here. You you get your prayer. You pray for yourself too. Amen. Now if there's something on Saturdays that's beyond, like here in James 5, and it says, is, uh, is there any sick among you? What that really means is that, is there anything or any symptom in your body that's beyond your ability to take care of it with your own faith? So you 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 have a pain in your shoulder. And you you pray about it during the week, you speak to it, and it goes away for a minute, comes back, or it never goes away, or it's starting to bug you, because it's not leaving the way you want it to. And and so you come and present yourself at the altar and, and ask for prayer for that. That's what this is talking about. It's not talking about being... Your, it's not like it's saying the elders of the church are the only ones that can get you well if something's wrong. God expects you to use your own faith. You know, I mean, most of us have a little routine that we learn how to do uh, to take care of our physical man. You know, little things that aren't right with you, you know, you you start thanking God that you're healed. Oh, no, devil, you take this away. I'm healed. I'm still healed. I don't care. This, this symptom may be, you may think I think it's new, but it's the same old devil. Amen. And And put yourself under the word. Don't just... You know, speak one time and, you know, you have to take the medicine of the word too. Amen. So you, you turn on your, your healing tape or you spend a little extra time with healing scriptures. You know, we've gotten the healing, we've gotten healing in every kind of form you can get around here. Uh, you can listen to the broadcast over during the week. Uh, you can get the scripture cards that we have on the little key ring and read those. Or you might just go through the Gospels and look how Jesus healed people. But get yourself under the word and start taking the medicine of the word because your body's telling you you're kind of low on medicine. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> your vitamin shot has wore out. So you need to have another infusion of the word. Amen. That's all that is. And get yourself back in the word and get yourself back feeling good. But if you're not feeling good by the time you have service again, make up your mind you're going to get it. God, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it when I go to church today, and set your 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 faith there, and then the prayer of faith 
heals you, gets all of that symptom out of you and, and you're good to go again. So, so it is made for, um, for people to be able to walk in divine health. Uh, these scriptures are so that you have no interruption in your health. And this is how to stay healed, how to stay healthy. If you have something that's uh, 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 kind of going to take some time, you got to devote some time to it, then get a strategy from God on how to attack it and, and expect improvement. Expect it to get better. Expect, always expect better. Don't expect what they tell you. The world tells you because you don't belong there. That's not your home. Heaven is your home and you belong to God. Amen. And so all the privileges of, of health and healing belong to God's people and you can expect to get better and not worse. You can expect to, to have a better, uh, a good outcome, a good report. At some point, they're going to tell you that this is no longer a problem for you. Amen? And so we need to understand that. So all of your need here is covered for you. So God definitely takes care of you, and then he enables you to pray anything else he puts on your heart to pray. And so when when we come to God in intercession, he tells you that your prayers are dynamic, they're powerful, and they will they will cause great benefit to come. And and so when we take on the life of prayer, you should expect great things. You shouldn't expect to be laboring with one thing forever and it not getting anywhere. There's something wrong somewhere. And you need to investigate and find out, God, why is this taking so long? I, I was thinking this would be a done deal by now. Now, when you take on a prayer assignment, there are many things you might be praying for. And God will keep it so that you stay encouraged about what you're doing. He'll have some quick answers. And you say, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's so wonderful. And then there's some long you know, things you got, like Roe v. Wade. You know, for many years, I just said, Lord, when? So I, I'm, I don't even know if we're praying right. I, you know, many years, I would just go revisit that prayer. And he he told me when, when he gave me the prayer manual, he gave it to me by revelation. And he said, you won't have to change anything in this. And I tried to change it several times and found out I couldn't change it. It didn't work any other way. And it's okay to alter some things, you know, like there's some things that are worded a little awkward, you know, you you get a better gist of the understanding, but we don't generally go through trying to criticize and pick apart things. You you want to read the find the meat and feast on the meat, you know, and if there's some small things that that you know don't don't you know you don't get the faith for whatever that's a whole different story but i always tell people i said feel free to add people to it add situations to it add your personal so that way you get an understanding of how these prayers are progressing are we making any headway here Uh, are they being effective and and you know, from 30, uh, over 30 years now, we can say that they are effective. Because we've seen that the, the Supreme Court reversed that decision on abortion. Amen? 
And we're praying for all the states to reverse it too. It's not done yet. You gotta keep hitting that demon cause he, the devil thrives on innocent blood. Many of our problems in this nation and in the world are tied to witchcraft. You look at the child trafficking. All that's, all that's tied to witchcraft folks and witchcraft is fed by the shedding of innocent blood. I'm going to say it again. Witchcraft is fed by the shedding of innocent blood. The devil likes it when people go out and kill people, especially if he's arranged with them ahead of time to give them more power in his kingdom if they'll bring him some blood. Innocent blood. You got me? And so this is why you look in the Bible, you see where all these uh, false gods would, would require child sacrifice. You know, uh, uh, they would, some cities were built when the uh, the king's firstborn son was sacrificed, and they built the cornerstone on that that the carcass of that dead son. That was an honor to their god. All all false gods want murder, folks. They all want bloodshed. So if you're thinking happy, happy, get real. You know better. And this is why we pray. Because we have authority over that. We put a stop to it. Amen. It doesn't operate. Amen. It, you can put a stop to everything, but you've got to be sincere. You've got to pray righteous prayers. You can't just live any kind of way and think you're going to stop the devil. That's out. So there's a, a qualification on our part. we got to live right as believers. It ain't hard. The Holy Spirit is the one that helps you do it. Amen. He'll help you do everything. And so it's just we make the decision to live for God. Why? So your prayers can always be heard. You don't want to pray for years and not get anywhere because you weren't living right. It's just kind of crazy. And so we we know that that God will honor our prayers if we'll we'll, uh, maintain his righteousness. Forgive. Love. Walk in peace. Don't strive with each other. Amen. Don't be petty and small. Learn how to be generous in, in your heart and in your desire and love for people. Amen. And so when you don't have stress, tension, and friction among a group of Christians, you can get a lot accomplished in God. Amen. You get rid of the scorners. You can get rid of the backbiters and backstabbers. You got a pretty powerful group of people. Whoever's left is pure people. Amen. <laughs> so you got a pretty powerful bunch. And, and go to war with your, with your powerful bunch. Amen. And God will always honor your prayers. So confessing our faults one to another, prayer of faith will save the sick. Lord will raise them up. In, if they've committed sins, sins cannot stop you from getting well if you're willing to confess it and turn away from it. Amen. It always works. That's what righteousness is. Amen. It's turning away from, having a heart to turn away from sin. Turn away from selfishness. Turn away from, you know, I gotta have so and so for me and all this kind of stuff. It's living in a dream world. That ain't for you. That's an offering to the devil. So, you know, you don't want to be in his his playground. So confess your faults one to another. Stay open with one another. Don't be so suspicious of people, you know. Nobody's really out to get you. <laughs> you know, when you get in an atmosphere of prayer and you get in an atmosphere where 
people love God. Uh, you know, that's where people are most sincere. And so take advantage of that. You know, always get all your needs met. So God says when you come together for prayer, take care of yourself first. He said, I'm interested in you. I'm interested. How are you feeling this week? Did you feel okay this week? If you didn't, get get your 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 minister to get the pastor to pray for you or whoever they may assign somebody else to pray for you. Receive your prayer. He says one for another and 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 understand that even though you're a frail person and you got mad at 10 people in one day last week, that's not going to hinder your prayers. Amen. That is not going to hinder your prayer. If, if that's bugging you in your mind, and you know if it's a hindrance or not, because sometimes you think about something, you can't get it out of your mind. Amen. God, I don't believe I did that. I, you know, the devil got me again, had me running around here, there, and everywhere, and I got mad at this person and didn't want to, I, or, or this is, this is what we do now. We see somebody calling us, you know, in the caller ID, and we don't, Answer the phone. Huh? Don't want to be bothered with it. Why not? That person cares enough about you to want to make contact with you. See, you spend enough times like that and you'll wind up, you know, alienating people. Because people know what's up. They say, they know I called them. I did, I, I know they got me in their caller ID. I'm in their contact. So they know it's me. Why didn't they call me back? See, you buy a lot of trouble for yourself. Uh, just, just those little things. Little foxes spoil the vine. Small things like that, you know. Or somebody texts you and it takes you three days to respond. Where you, you know, you need to check your phone. You know, people text you and call you, but it's not for you to just ignore people all the time. That's not right. Something's wrong in your attitude. If they're friends and you just feel comfortable ignoring them. And so many times we, we gotta check ourselves. You know, you can get yourself in, into some difficulty and then you wonder, gee, I've been, I've been praying about this for a while. God, is there something wrong somewhere? He show you, you've been ignoring everybody. I told to call you and bless you last week. What's your problem? Amen. And so, I mean, it's, it's true. You know, whether we like it or not, you, you've gotta, you've gotta, Walk in love. You know I mean, really love people. It takes a little effort, you know. Sometimes you can't just ignore. You've got to. I know many times I, when, when I see somebody has called me, I'll text them and let them know, you know, oh, thank you for calling. I'm here. Can I call you back at such and such a time? And, and always stay open to people. Communicate with them. Don't just let people wonder. You know, how you're doing or, or wonder about that. So it's just, you know, checking your love walk. Amen. Walking in love with people. You, you gotta do it. Amen. You gotta do it. And so in, in the, the writer here, James really tells us, don't think you have to be a special person to have a powerful prayer life. Amen. Don't think, and I used to think that way. When I was, I used to look at people, I said, oh boy, they, they always give testimonies about what God did for them. They, they gotta be special. You know, how you kind of look up to people for some reason. And then I realized, you know, special means you got sense enough to repent when, 
it, it don't mean you you live on a cloud all the time or you got wings growing out your back. It just means you're willing to acknowledge your faults and not try to cover them up and pretend like you do everything right. See. So you gotta be a, an honest person. You gotta be willing to come clean before God and you gotta be willing to do what He tells you to do. And so, so once you, you master that, then you've got very powerful prayers. You've got prayers that avail a whole lot. They have tremendous power. They are dynamic prayers. They change cities. They change nations. They change people. They change futures. They change outcomes. They always do that. Sometimes it's good if you, you're in a situation and, and I, I wasn't sure how I was going to talk about fasting and prayer, but, but we need to mention that because, uh, it is a time to fast in this New Testament dispensation. Now, um, a lot of people look at that scripture where, where, um, the disciples that Jesus asked, they said, uh, why do you, why do your, uh, somebody asked, Jesus, why John's disciples fasted and his disciples didn't. Amen. And so he explained to them that, that this was no time for fasting because they had him with them all the time. Amen. So when you fast, you fast to come into a greater awareness of God. Or a, the presence of God, or to, to get a prayer answered, uh, you come. It's like if you've been praying for food during the week, and somebody loads your refrigerator up, you can quit praying for food. At least for a little while. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's what Jesus was saying. He said, this prayer, they've been praying for me to get here, and that prayer's answered. So now it's time for them to spend time with me, let me teach them, listen to me, share with me. This is no time to go seclude yourself and want me to show up. I'm here. Okay, so when your answer comes, then you can let go of the fasting. Unless God has a, a kind of like a fasting routine, for you, and there are certain certain times, certain seasons, and and then certain things that we desire from God, we may decide that that we want to uh, just live a life of fasting. Period. You understand what I'm saying? But you got to know what you're doing it for. You're not. It doesn't. It doesn't just automatically trigger God to do wonderful things for you. Uh, it helps you. To stay connected to him better. And so many times, like I would, I was always in the habit of when I minister, I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat in the mornings. I don't eat anything before I have to go somewhere and preach because it's early in the day. Usually our meetings were always kind of morning meetings or noon at the latest. And I just stayed close to God. That's how I stayed close to God. That's my point of contact to let God know I'm available. Uh, I want to hear from you. I want you to help me. I need your help. And so that's the way I live my life. And now there are certain times where I would draw the rest of the church into it. 
because when we would have our empowerment meetings, we started out with prayer. And I would ask everybody if you could not eat breakfast on the way here, you know, and uh, we'll fast. And we always had a bagel or something after we got there, you know, and, and you know, okay, now you, you've gotten that, that sacrifice done. You know, God, God looks at things like that. When you turn your plate down, that's a sacrifice to him. Amen. And he'll honor it. He'll give you what you ask for. Amen. Because he, how many people down here are willing to sacrifice much of anything? Not, not a whole lot of people, folks. I tell you, not just from experience, but I can tell you from, from revelation from God. You know, you don't find many people who want to give anything up and they just as soon skip over the fasting part of it. You know, I can remember being in a ministry where they would ask you to fast and pray uh, when we had a day that we would set aside to pray for our monthly meeting. It was one day a month, and they said, would you take this as your prayer day, fasting and prayer day? And then most of the women say, well, the fasting's not that important. You know how sometimes people are. They don't really teach you the right way, because I've, I've found it's very important. You know, the part that you find sometimes the most distasteful is sometimes the thing that's most important. Amen. And and settle it with God. He doesn't want you dragging around, lacking energy. You know, that's not the purpose. Jesus warned against that. Doing Doing your fasting for a public show. And he doesn't want you telling anybody about it either. You know, whatever you offer to him, that's between you and him. Amen. And so, but, but sometimes you do have to announce these things. So if you've got a group of people here and you want the most power in your prayer, you ask them to skip breakfast. And that's why I would say, we're going to fast breakfast. Let's just skip breakfast. You know, you have breakfast once you get here. So they would have, you know, we would have a bagel set up for them the minute they got off the bus. You could just eat right then and there before you prayed. So you're not fasting and, and your, your breakfast is your reward for not eating. You know what I'm saying? Don't, we don't want to get it twisted, but, uh, fasting really, God sees that. It also gets us closer to God. I found that it increases the anointing and the power in, in your life. Uh, and that's part of the package of it. Uh, people who, who walk in, in power aren't afraid to fast. You know, this is what I tell people. I say, you can't be afraid to, God's not gonna give you something to do that He doesn't grace you to do. You'll be able to, you're not, you're not gonna sit up and think about it. If you're thinking about it all day long, then just go eat. It's not God. And find out what is God for you. Amen. Sometimes it's just skipping. A meal. And not every day. I remember reading, uh, Charlene Steinkamp, the one, uh, that had the Rejoice Marriage Ministry. Um, they ministered to so many people, either divorced and wanting to get back together, or, uh, on the verge of divorce, separated, all kinds of, they, they definitely believed in reconciliation of marriage. And they got excellent results. And in, when she would, she would report uh, gave her testimony. She she and her husband had divorced. They were both Christians in the church and uh, got a divorce. Um, and she talked about how she prayed for their marriage to be reconciled. 
And she would always say, yeah, fasting and prayer. I would fast and pray for, for, I forget his name. I said, I, I, and I knew his name so well for so many years. He's gone home to be with the Lord now, but, uh, Bob, Bob and Charlie, right. And so, uh, Bob, Bob was a bad boy. We would, we would read about Bob. We said, I could strangle him myself, you know. I mean, he was just a, a typical person that, that didn't value his marriage, you know. And God changed him. God got a hold of Bob's heart. Bob repented, came home. And I would always read his fasting and praying. And I said, Lord, how much fasting that one day I read? She said, yeah, I fasted one meal a week. And I'm going, one meal a week? Are you kidding me, lady? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, somehow you think with that kind of result, big result, big deal. No, it's God looks at your heart and what you can do. And he'll set the bar at a level where you can handle it. And I thought, boy, the God, you're so good. You're so good. And and I realized with our fasting for the empowerment meeting, once a month was all we did. One meal a month. And we were able to do all the prayer we needed to do. God answered prayer, still answering prayer. Uh, and and uh, he's a good God. And, and, and it's, it's not much that's required. Now, recently, I did ask people for this abortion thing where we would it look like that was coming close. I did ask people to fast another meal a week because we don't do the one a month anymore because we don't do the empowerment meeting. And so we do one a week and pretty much you guys fast when you come in here because you don't have time to stop and get nothing. With all the drive-throughs, I said, I better check everybody out up in here. But then when you, when you take your break after you pray, you know, nobody wants to torture anybody. We don't play that. I know this is a long meeting. Most people have a, an hour at the most hour and a half and they let you go home. But see, we've got to spend a few hours here, four hours or so, five for some. And so, cause you're here to do work, folks. You're not here just to show up and get your name checked off for the week and get your at a girl, you know, you here to work. Well you can't accomplish all the work you need to get done. You see how hateful this world is? Yes. I I look sometimes it's just it's dis- disgusting. It's terrible. You look on, on uh Instagram and there's a pastor getting up uh challenging the school board. He's found some books in their school that describe homosexual sex. And they're in there and young children are taking them out in school. And he said, he read, he got up. I thought, I like the brother. I said, oh my goodness, let me see this. You know, he said, watch again. I hit the watch again. And he said, perversion. And he defined, defined what perversion was. And he said, who is the pervert around here that put these books in my child's library? And he started reading it. And they kept saying, "Uh, no, you can't say that. He said, it's in the library. You got my kids reading it. And he kept reading. They kept bleeping him out. No, your your time is up. Sit down. No, you can't say that. And He said, but y'all got my kids reading it. I thought you might want to know in case you didn't know. Now, how did this get started? 
You got me? So this is why we pray. This is why we pray, folks. This is why you don't stop praying. This is why it's called a watch. You watch over these things. You don't quit watching. When we're done here, you know, you and I go home to be with the Lord whenever that is. We pass the baton on to the next person. And they pick up the watch. You don't quit watching. Amen. Because the devil is advancing all the time. He's doing such ugly things. He's trying to embarrass people into to shaming him for what he's doing. Amen. But see, we're not moved by that. You got me? We're not moved by him. He's, you know, we know he's going to be raunchy. We know he's going to be depraved. We know what he does. And so he's trying to, and he likes to embarrass Christians because he thinks we don't know nothing. I said, honey, I'm not stupid. I'm saved. Being saved don't make you stupid. Amen. Just means you turn your back on it. Doesn't mean you don't know about it. Do you understand? We just don't want to know any more about it. Amen. We fight those things. And so, and so we, we need to, to hold fast to this, this prayer and hold fast to it and understand how important your prayers are. You've got to keep faith in your prayers. You can't quit on praying. You can't quit. I look at all the people that have come through this ministry over the years and I said, Lord, what are they doing now? You know, what, what could you want to do? Once you, God's revealed to you that the heavens will open with your prayers. He's answered prayers for everybody that's ever been in here. Personal and the ones we pray for the nation. Pray for the city. Pray for the sick. We're praying, handing out prayer cloths to people. What do you do now and you don't hand out prayer cloths and pray for sick people? What kind of world could you go and live in where you don't have compassion on the sick anymore? But there's tons of people like that. Tons of them. They just walk away from the good things of God like it, it didn't faze them at all. But, but, you know, we're gonna stay true to what God gives us. You know, this is something you can't walk away from. A calling you cannot wake up. Everybody's called to prayer. Everybody. Everybody who's, who, if, if you're not called to prayer, you can't even get your own prayers answered. You got me? Because you don't know how to get it done. So once God reveals secrets, he reveals understanding, he gives you revelation, he gives you knowledge, then you are obligated to use that knowledge. It's not your knowledge. You can't use it any any way you want to, and you can't walk away from it any time you want to. Amen? You know, that thing will haunt you. I don't even try. You know, people say stuff like, well, I didn't feel like getting up. Honey, I don't even check in with my feelings. You know, I, I, I divorced feelings so long ago. I don't live by feelings. I live, are you kidding me? You know, you live by feelings. You do all kind of murder, mayhem, and, and, and misdemeanors and high crimes too. Amen. So you don't give credence to your feelings. You, you, you pray for feelings to change. <laughs> God, I repent. Change this. I'm not living this way. Nope. This ain't for me. It's not in your word and I'm not going to put up with it. Amen. And just keep it moving. It's best to live like that, you know. The devil hates that. You know, he hates it when you get above his level of being able to contact you and capture you and, 
And people say, well, feelings aren't wrong. It depends on what kind of feelings you're talking about. Because there's people that live totally out of feelings and they're pedophiles. They're child molesters. They're people that commit assaults on one another. So, yeah, you can't tell me there's nothing wrong with feelings. I, I govern myself. Yeah, Paul says, I keep my body under. I keep keep a, a good enough control. It's enough things that I don't control that I need to even more. You understand what I'm saying? Hey, we can all walk away from them Twinkies. When you you understand what I'm saying? Get the, keep that scoop of ice cream over at McDonald's. Don't let go through that drive through There's a lot of things that we still working on. You don't give up on them, but you work on them. But you're not a prisoner to your feelings ever. Amen. So the effectual and the fervent prayer, fervor, you got to want to see it happen. There's got to be something in you. There's a desire to see it come to pass. You know, uh, I remember years ago, people would say things like, well, a good intercessor, if you're a good intercessor, you would pray for somebody else as though you were praying for yourself. And God said that's really the definition of intercession. You know, you don't have to get emotional about it, but you give it the same thought, you give it the same. Uh, you, you, if you, you want to pray for your, your body to be healed and you pray for healing for somebody else. It doesn't matter how they live. You, you, you've got to be beyond judging people before you'll pray for them. You don't know if they need judging or not because you're not really in the spirit of God when you think like that. So get out of your mind, get out of your flesh, get over into the spirit of God. And God always tells me, he said, pray my word. If somebody's sick, what does my word say? I want them well. He's wounded. He took himself, took their infirmities. If Jesus didn't want us well, he wouldn't have done all of that. Amen. And so you pray for people to be healed. You don't have to pray for people to, I hear people say, well, pray for them to just go on home. They, they doing that anyway. I've started praying for healing already. So don't let me bother you. Don't let my little miracle upset your day. But don't be surprised if they get up out that bed. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm giving it all I got here. And and they apparently want to be well because they ask for prayer. You got me? So it gets a little tough some days. Some days are worse than others. Some days better than others. Well, intercession is there for them tough days when they feel like, I don't know if it's worth all of this. You got me? Your prayers can get them through that difficult part. And so it's good, folks, to to know, have faith in your prayers. Know that your prayers will be answered and know why. Amen? Because they're effectual. They're fervent. You pray righteous prayers, not just because you believe God, but because your heart is right. You've emptied yourself of yourself. There's nothing of you standing in the way of that prayer getting answered. Amen? When you confess them faults and you get that out there and God examine me, Lord, if there's anything in me that's going to hinder my life, hinder my prayers, you want that out the way. Jesus paid to get that out the way so that you can go confidently in the throne room. You can have confidence your prayer will be heard and that prayer will be answered. And I tell you, if you if you live like that, you'll find more healing comes to you. 
you find that a lot of these things that used to bug you don't bug you no more. A lot of the things that, that used to be problems in relationships are just are not there anymore. So there's righteousness really has its own reward. It keeps us in right standing with God. God, your faith, God's favor is on you continually. It never stops. You'll be able to ask things of people and you thought in never in your wildest dream would that thing happen for you. But God will make it happen for you. Why? Because you love him and you've set aside you. You put you off to the side and you're letting him work through you in, in yielding to him more. So it's a good thing, folks. It's a very, very good thing for, for, uh, the things of God that we want to see happen to happen. So I thought I would pray a couple of prayers today before we adjourn. And, uh, because there's some, some attacks that, that God showed me are coming up, uh, toward people and, and toward the body of Christ. And I'll just pray it in a different uh, different vein. I know we prayed them already this morning, but I thought we would focus on these a little bit more, uh, because we, we, we're up against some things now, some things have been revealed. A lot of this child, uh, trafficking stuff with this border, our border, southern border being wide open, there's something like, the, I don't know if there was 270, it's in the thousands, like 75,000 missing children have come across that border and they have no clue where those kids are. No clue. And that's not right. God doesn't like it. Because it's not right. Those kids belong to the Lord. Okay, if you, your parents don't want you, you belong to God. He wants you. And he has a standard for the way we're going to live. And so we'll we'll pray for crimes against children. We'll also pray for the seed of the righteous where we'll release the word, we'll pray prophetically over God's children, you know, and the righteous that they don't have to be parents, church people. Righteous seed is is the innocent children, amen? Uh, Children that we intercede for. As we pray for children, we don't even know we adopt them. They become heirs of God. And so it's just good to always have this word spoken and have it released and so it's good. The other thing I want to pray for is for household salvation. And I don't have the prayer just set aside for that. But we will pray for for God to grab a hold of the hearts of all of our loved ones. Nobody in my family's going to hell. Nobody's going to be lost. They're all in the ark of safety. Amen. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless you. And we praise. We adore you, Lord. Oh, we lift you up, Father. We kiss your hand, Father. That's what it means to adore someone and we thank you father that that we don't have to to uh labor the point we don't have to just uh stay in a place of languishing and wondering we don't want to wonder when we bring these things before your throne our wondering ceases we know we have an answer because we have confidence in these prayers because they're your will and they're the word and so lord we ask you to forgive our sins 
cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Father, any unrighteous thoughts, any uh, plans that we have in our hearts that aren't, uh, that weren't, weren't put there by you. We confess those. We ask you to forgive us and remove them. We don't want to follow through on any plan that isn't yours. And so we give ourselves totally over to you in the name of Jesus. We pray against crimes against children. We bind the lust, hate, and murder triad. We thank you, Lord, for no male babysitters. We break the spirits of stupor and folly over parents. And we ask you to give them godly wisdom, especially these parents that take their children to uh, transvestite, play date, and all those things that people are doing where parents are sitting there with children and looking at uh, naked people. This is just wrong, Father. So I break the power of folly over the minds of the parents in the name of Jesus. I lose repentance toward them and godly wisdom. We declare our homes upright before you. The father is the head of the home, the wife under him and the children under their parents. Thank you, Lord. The hearts of the fathers will turn toward the son and son toward the father. Thank you for protection for these families by the heavenly host. Let their angels You said the angels of the righteous children, they always behold the Father's face in heaven and they go and minister to them. We break the mind of occult and drug culture powers over them. In Jesus' name, we break the power of mind, occult, and drug culture powers. Jezebel, we cut your cords to children. We show you no pity if you weep for them. Let the word of God not depart from the children's mouths. Teach them scripture. Scriptures, Father. Thank you that children, our ways will be raised in your nurture and admonition. We break the power of witchcraft in these schools. We plead the blood of Jesus over these schools, Father, that the witchcraft must leave in Jesus' name. When you see the blood, the evil must cease. And we thank you, Lord, and we break it in the schools and in the homes. We take weapons, dangerous weapons, away from the, uh, make them unavailable to children. Thank you, Lord, that, that, uh, people need to be more responsible and not allow the children to have access to guns. We thank you for that. We bind strife and violence between children. We bind peer pressure to commit murder. We pray for the fruit of self-control. We break the power of antagonizing and bullying in schools. We break the power of gangs. We ask you to make them undesirable to children. We break the power of witchcraft that allows kidnapping, rape, murder, terrorist spirits, and Internet stalking in Jesus' name. Jezebel, we bind your false faith family and fantasy spirits as companions for lonely and rejected children. Father, you thank you to fill up their loneliness with your love. And we thank you, Lord, alert parents to look at their kids' cell phones and look at what they've been watching on the internet, Father. Let children, let parents police their children in Jesus' name, but make the children wise as serpents and harmless as doves that we they would escape evil people. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Holy Spirit. Draw children to Christian websites and safe places where they can get wholesome things in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that our children are the seed of the righteous. All the kids we pray for are your righteous seed. And we say the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. They will not beg bread. They will hate sin and the devil. That they will have God's covenant established in their lives and inherit all that we have in God and increase 
increase in his glory, that they'll increase exceedingly, and that the kingdom of God there shall be no end. They'll possess the gates of those that hate them, that they will choose life, that they may live, and they will fear and glorify the Lord. They'll be blessed, be fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, and wax exceedingly mighty, that they will inherit the earth and be established forever. They'll be mighty upon the earth and be delivered, though hand joined in hand against them, they will be delivered. They will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. They will have the word of God continually in their mouths. And we declare that the glory of their generation will be greater than that of their parents' generation in Jesus' name, that they will be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. And we thank you, Lord, that they will be trained in the ways of the Lord. And when they are old, they will not depart from them. We thank you, Lord, that children are the heritage of the Lord. They're your inheritance. And they will be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man in Jesus' name. That they will honor their father and mother and not rebel against them. And their days will be long on the earth and it will be well with them in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray for the uh, movie about the child trafficking. Uh, I thank you, Father, for that movie. Thank you. I can't think of the name. Freedom. Uh, Oh, geez. Something about the road to freedom. I'll, I'll remember it. But their slogan is God's children are not for sale. And we thank you, Lord. And we decree and we declare that God's children are not for sale. And we thank you to end child trafficking because your children are not for sale. And we decree it. And we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. I think it's Road to Freedom. Yeah, Road to Freedom. Amen. It's a good movie. It's a Christian movie. And it's about uh, the um, uh, Operation Underground Railroad. And the gentleman who is in charge of it, he started it. He quit his job at the CIA because the government told him they didn't have the budget for him to go and rescue these children. They can only take it so far. And he said when he would go to bed at night, these little faces were looking at him. And he told his wife about it. And she said, well, I guess you just got to quit your job and do this on your own. And that's what they've been doing. And they've been getting good success. But this movie has been fought. Of course, the devil doesn't want many people to know about these things. Because, you know, most people just live their lives. They don't know this stuff is gone. Don't want to know most of them. But God is compelling us to be aware of this. At least pray against it. And not support these organizations that, that foster this kind of stuff. Amen? So God's children are not for sale. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, we'll do our declaration. Amen. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. I can't. I don't have whatever else the devil's bugging you with. High blood pressure, heart disease, whatever. It's all healed. Amen. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. 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 Again, it's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.